Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle. For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I do not get results, they do not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, if I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. This is Ari Gronich, and welcome to Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. I'm here with Dominic Arnold, and we, are, uh, we were having a great conversation before getting on this call, so we're going to bring that on. Let me tell you about Dominic, though, a little bit. He is the oldest man in history to ever run a 12.91 110-meter hurdles, right? To run yeah. under twelve nine one. Under under yeah. Under twelve point nine one. Yeah. He is an ex American record holder, a world champion, an Olympic champion. I mean, this guy has done everything. Let me uh, introduce you, Dominic. Why don't you tell them a little bit more about who you are and what makes you somebody I would want to talk to. Well, one what makes me a person you would love to talk to is because of my ebullient personality. That's right. <laughs> and I think that supersedes everything else, but I am a, oh yeah, slash artist. That's I don't know if I ever showed you my, my, uh, my drawing. I think I did. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I have a, you know, very uh, artistic background. My personality reflects that. So I'm very welcoming. So that's why it's easy to talk to Nick Dog from LBC. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about, you know, your career and, um, and nowadays what you're doing, uh, minus, of course, the, uh, the current situation, but. Right, right. Uh, well, my career was, had an 11-year career, 99 to uh, 2000, no, actually, a little longer than that, yeah, 2011, yeah, 2011, yeah. Pan Am, Pan Am team member, got fourth place, Ranked number, ranked in the top five in the world, you know, uh, three to five times. Uh, broke the American record uh, while breaking the uh, world record. Bronze medalist, world uh, indoor bronze medalist, uh, U.S. champion 2006, uh, NCAA champion 1996. Maybe I did, oh, oh yeah, uh, junior college champ, you know, it's, <laughs> it's good to be a champ, man. Champ, champ, champ. <laughs> Champion, you know, yeah. <laughs> nice Mel Brooks line. So tell us what you're doing right now, and you know how you're Train, uh, seeing the next generation. Strength and training. Had the opportunity to work with. Uh, although I did track, uh, I have the opportunity to work with uh, athletes outside of track. You know, namely, um, so, uh, CBA athletes. You know, Chinese basketball players. Uh, just recently worked with them, and um, uh, just they have just an ongoing cycle of of them wanting to be uh, bigger and stronger. You know, uh, they get it. They get the idea of wanting to be the next Shaquille O'Neal's out here. So 
you know, they, they want to put the work in. And so it's, it's been a pleasure for me to actually do things outside of track. You know, even though track is my first love, uh, being able to, to uh, help people get stronger and better and more confident in what they do, it doesn't, it's, uh, it doesn't matter what sport I'm coaching. You know, as long as you have that attitude, then I'm fine with it. Absolutely. So you've been, yeah. you've trained uh, in Saudi Arabia, you've trained in yeah. China. Uh, what yes. countries have, have you been able to coach in? Uh, actually, I coached in um, Singapore, as you mentioned, Saudi, Malaysia, Indonesia. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, it's kind of interesting when I was in China, I did not know that they paid that much attention to track and field. Because as I was a coach, I was in one of the hotels. One of the, one of the, when it, when, as I checked in, someone went on YouTube because they saw my name. And the next day, I was in a newspaper. I sh actually should have brought the newspaper clipping and showed you and show you, but I was in the newspaper. We was in the newspaper the next day, like Dominic Garland. I had one of the guys that I worked with from the CBA. I said, "Can you read this for me?" Because I never, I don't know what it says. And he kind of read the 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 um the top line, and it says, uh, "World-renowned crazy coach." <laughs> it said, "I said they put crazy." He said that was his translation. He said, "But." we might say something different, kind of like a, you know, jovial kind of guy. They pretty much say I'm a happy coach, you know? So I'm like, well, why are you say crazy? If it says happy, why are you saying crazy, man? But it, I have interesting moments like that as a coach, because, you know, as an athlete, you know, you have a different pair of eyes, the way you, we see a competition or we see, you know, a certain place we visit, you know, you see it through different eyes as a coach. Absolutely. So what do you think is, was the secret to your success being, I mean, being a top athlete for 11 years, 11 plus years is right. a short, you know, accomplishment. So what do you right. think that your, the secret to your success was? Easy. I, I, I didn't feel like I accomplished as much as I did the year before. So that following year, I always wanted to push, you know, push my body, push my mentality further just so I can you know, do something that no one thought was possible. You know, that was it. I, I wanted to, you know, you, you hear a lot of athletes say, I want to be the greatest. So I never want to be the greatest. I just wanted to do something that went beyond great. So I, I still have that. Every, every athlete have that little crazy twitch in their brain, <laughs> that little piece of bulldog in them. Mm -hmm. And I use that, you know, I use that as motivation because I, I just felt like I wanted to do something that was unheard of. That's pretty awesome. You know, when I was talking to you before, Mike Tyson came to my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because what you were talking about is watching the videos, watching the people that came before you, mm -hmm. you know, and seeing all of the greatness that came before you and then saying, I could do that. I did right. for this period. I could do that again. Right. What did they do different? Okay, I could I can manipulate and mold myself into this position, mm -hmm. and that was something that Tyson attributes a lot to his success and being probably the greatest fighter of all time is right. that he would he was forced and then he chose to watch all of the videos, all of the mm -hmm. study and study and study and right. and that's. Right. Something that you had had mentioned as well during our previous conversation. What is oh definitely do for you as a person and as an athlete? 
Let's say that again. I, I, I missed it for the first part. What does the questioning do for you okay. as a person and as an athlete? Oh, well, questioning, what it does is it, one, it forces me to go find an answer. You know, as you just mentioned about videotapes, I've watched, I don't know how many videotapes of how many races before we had better technology. I, I mean, I watched tapes a ton of times. I can tell you verbatim from start to finish what the announcer said, what the reaction was, you know, of all these races that I've watched because I was so in tune because I wanted to make sure whatever mistake they made, I didn't make it. You know, so I wanted to immerse myself even to the point where when I watch certain uh, um, videos of athletes at the Olympics, I put I put myself in their shoes as, as if I'm actually there looking down the track at the Olympics. I'm not even there yet. I'm trying to, I'm forcing myself to think how they may be thinking at that time, you know, uh, based on their, their body language. So I've, I've really immersed myself uh, into you know, just being a student, you know, and to me, that really made the biggest difference. Does that happen with a lot of athletes? I know, you know, because fortunately I had the opportunity to talk to, you know, uh, we, we sit and we talk, you know, we have lunch, dinner, breakfast, we go to these competitions. And I, when I tell this story, they think I'm a nutbag, but, <laughs> but it's one of the things that I think is necessary when you don't know, like, I don't know what it's like to be at the Olympics at that time because I wasn't there, you know? So I have to, I wanted to make sure that I felt like I was somewhere already. Like we, we, we talked before, let, let's run the fastest time in practice 20 times. And by the time you get to the race, you've already done it. You know, if I felt like I was at the Olympics or world championships before, then the nerves won't be there. So, you know, I remember talking to one of the guys who, who actually won the Olympics and telling him about the race that I saw, his race that he won. And I said, I saw you, you know, before the race, you, you were doing these gestures. I was thinking maybe you were thinking this. And he agrees. And yes, I actually was thinking that. How did you know that? I said, I was just guessing based on I saw you count some hurdles. I saw you, you, you mouth something. And so that helped me understand like, wow, if I can think what this guy is thinking and I'm not there, then I'm closer to my goal than I actually thought I was. Mentally, at least. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you reminded me a little bit. I, I, was, I was in 2004 in Greece. I was working the Paralympics at the time, which, you know, I, I love those athletes way more than you Olympic guys. You eat right. or out of, <laughs> out of control in the Olympics. Right. But Paralympics, right. no ego, right? Yeah, it's more, I, honestly, I think it's more rewarding, though. It, it is. I think, I think it is, yeah. But I was, I was remembering, you know, I had somebody come and put a gold medal on my, on my chest. Mm. And I looked at it and I, I was like, why, why is this coming on to me? Right. He starts, while I'm wearing his gold medal, right. he's showing me Olympic record broken, world record broken, ah. record broken, indoor yeah. and outdoor. So he was a marathoner with one of the, right rifles on his back so he'd have oh, yeah, yeah. To shoot right right yeah he had given me a bullet at one point i didn't know mm -hmm. it was it was his pin his olympic pin you know okay the bullet i had done something totally different with him than training him that day the day before mm -hmm. he competed i had said to him cuz he came in so nervous you're really nervous what's going on he said i'm competing tomorrow i said okay 
stop presses. Let's stop yeah. what we were going to do. And I did yeah. meditation. And I just mm -hmm. said, you've been here before. You've done this before. Now just go back in your mind and run it as if you're there. That's right. And you will, you already know the information. You already know the course. You know the information. Mm -hmm. You know what you need to do. Now yeah. it's a matter of doing it enough times in your mind so that when you do it, then it'll be. Mm -hmm. That's right. And he comes back with all these uh, records. And that's just kind of what, what I was reminded about by what you were saying is right. be there and do it in your mind before you do it in reality. The other Absolutely. thing I was thinking about when you were, when you were saying that is use other people who have been there before to make that have made the mistakes so that you don't have to, so you don't have to learn from your mistakes. You can learn from mm -hmm. them. And that's Absolutely. an interesting way of, of thinking because we do have a couple thousand years or so of history that we can. Mm -hmm. from. <laughs> right. What are the mistakes that were made before me? And if we're willing to learn and be a student, like you said, mm -hmm. then we can learn those mistakes and make new ones for other people to learn eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> hopefully we, we learn to make less so they, they won't make the same mistakes. But you know, uh, the other side of that coin is, trusting that the people who are giving you this information they're telling you the truth about the mistakes they made because it's competition some of these guys lie to you so you don't beat them you know so you sit there you go out there and focus on something that has nothing to do with them and they're like ah yeah i got you so you know that's when it comes to you doing your own research you know and figuring out things on your own and that's the trial and error of you know just being an athlete you know because you really can't trust those other guys a lot of times. Some you can. And you, you'll find out who those people are. But for the most part, nah, you got to do your own stuff, man. Awesome. So tell me, what is, give me, give me your perfect metaphor for an athlete, right, in no. life. So your, the metaphor is that you want to have an athlete's results with your common life. Oh man, I gotta start thinking about my go back into my my rap repertoire now. <laughs> yeah, you know I got a, I got an album coming out. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you stuck me on that one. I might revisit that. Okay. Yeah, I might revisit that one. I like that question though. Yeah, I like it. A metaphor for life based on an athlete's perspective. Let's put it. Yeah. See if that helps. Well, so here, here's my thought. Ah, uh, yeah. Late great. Because, yeah. yeah. CEO great. What makes a high performer in life great? Man. Yeah. You know, I don't want to sound repetitive. I guess that's why I'm, I'm, I'm searching because I, I don't want to sound repetitive. You know, I'm really looking for something new, new to say that might trigger right. something different than somebody else, but. I think you were saying I mean, something in our in our last conversation uh, before we started recording about belief. Yeah, I said a lot. I'm trying to remember what I said. You know, 
I just, you know, for me, you know, we say athlete, I, now I'm, I feel like I have to think for other athletes, but, you know, we, we're, we're talking. Um, I know when it came to, we were talking about belief when it came to me being homeless, you know, at a time and I had to believe and so on and so forth uh, and, and not get down on myself because I was in that situation. You know, uh, it really was easy for me uh, to believe because I knew that I was capable. You know, I didn't know how I would get to that point as far as being a, a top athlete, but I just felt like I was capable. I, I did do a measurement. You know, I, I measured myself against the college guys who became professionals. So if that guy's running 13.5 and then now he's a professional, I ran faster than him. Regardless if our road is different, our, our paths are different, I still had that belief that if he can do it, I know I can do it. I may not have all the resources around me, but I know I can at least at least do what he did or a little slightly better. We we have to think differently when we go through certain processes in life, especially if it's a it's a struggle. Because you kinda you gotta kinda trick yourself into believing that what's happening is not really happening. Because if you just immerse immerse yourself into the situation, then you really you're really living it. So you're not thinking about what's ahead of you. So I really couldn't live that. So yeah, the belief the belief thing was it seemed like it was automatic. You know, I hate to make it sound so simple. At that time, it was. Although the path was difficult, it was a simple process to have, to think, you know. So, so what, that's why it's difficult for me to say, yeah. Yeah, so what in your, what in your childhood made that? Because, you, you know, you come from Long Beach, which most people right. who are outside <laughs> of California yeah. have no idea. They think Long Beach, they think beach. They have no idea what's what the real Long Beach is like. Right. Or they think Long Beach, they think Snoop Dogg, you know, and every every place has its its nice areas and its not so nice areas. I just happen to live in one of those places where it wasn't so nice. And it does carve you a certain way. You know, you being in the in the in the ghetto, being in the hood, however you want to call it, it does make you a certain way. You are your edges are a little bit harder, you know. Um no matter how, I mean, people look at Snoop Dogg now, they don't see the, the gangster rapper guy. They see almost a grandpa with his dreads and gray hair and smoking weed, you know. Uh, but you also see a side of all, a lot of athletes because Long Beach has a great reputation, great, not good, of having of some of the most um, uh, professional athletes come out of one place, a city, a small city. Uh at a time, Long Beach Poly, the high school, had more NFL athletes than the number one major Division One college. So, yeah, we're we're bred a certain way. Like I mentioned to you before, uh, we were talking about health. We were healthy growing up. You know, we had a whole bunch of citrus trees, orange trees, lemon trees, apple trees, uh, um, plums, grapevines everywhere. So we may have been poor, but we still ate. <laughs> it might have been it from your backyard, but hey, <laughs> I, I think that's how I got fast. You know, honestly, here's a story real quick of how I even became a hurdler. Um, my brother wasn't, I, I didn't run track until my senior year. You know, I was playing football uh, the first three years of high school before ninth grade was, was implemented. 
But um, he said, hey, man, you, you, Nick, you always running around everywhere. And we used to play tag, of course. And across, you know, the way our neighborhoods are, you have, everybody has a fence. So in order for me to get away from, from being tagged, I would jump through the yards. I run, jump, jump the fences. And so my brother actually said one day, he said, hey, man, you know how to jump the fences? Why don't you just run the hurdles? You know, I'm like, really? You think so? He said, yeah. So I went over a hurdle. In the first race I ran that weekend, I ran 16-9, and that was it. So my coach was like, oh, wow, you can actually run. I said, I guess so. I didn't know. So I thank my brother for making me, you know, for chasing me over the fences and, <laughs> and the suggestion that I run the hurdles. That's awesome. You never, you never yeah. know how you're going to become the person yeah. that became and uh and so i really appreciate you sharing that now yeah. as, uh, as always i ask at the end of a show three actionable steps that somebody can take in order to change their world live their passion and create a new tomorrow so what are as a as a top athlete what are your three actionable steps that somebody can do right now in order to improve who they are okay uh, one, as an athlete, know what you want because if you go out there without a plan, you don't know. You can't even have a, a step two or three. Know what you want to accomplish, whether it's football, basketball, a time, certain amount of catches, tackles, uh, a certain height you want to high jump. Know, know that. Write it down. You hear stories of Kevin Young who, ran, who broke the record in the four and the hurdles. He, ran a time, he wrote a time and put it up on his wall. He looked at that time all the time. So he had a visual goal. Write it down, see your visual goal. The next step is obviously if, you, if you're already in a situation where you have someone to help you with that goal, then utilize them to the fullest of your capability. You know, you never want to uh, uh, not give yourself an opportunity to be great. So you have people around you, uh, let them help you and guide you. The third one is to execute. You know, and that, that goes without saying. If you have the first phase, you know what your goal is. The second one, you have the people around you to help you with that goal. Third, execute it to the best of your ability because you surprise yourself. I always tell my athletes, no matter what phase you're at, whether it's high school or college or professional, whatever coach or person you have around you, do exactly what they ask you to do because there are phases in what we learn. And you never know what one thing you may miss out on because you're second guessing. So do everything you're asked to do. Give yourself and your body and your talents and your genetics an opportunity to show, show you what you have. So you go out there and execute what, uh, what the people in the second phase, what they're giving you based off the first phase, what, what the, the idea that you gave um, to start the whole process. That sounds like it's not just good for athletes. It's good for businesses. It's good right. for people in general, families, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask for help and then execute that plan. Absolutely. You know, uh, and see it, real quick. I'm, I'm going to say this last thing. Um, we, we get information, but we're afraid to question the process a lot of times because if you don't question the process, you don't know where you're going. You know, we have, we have the, the uh, we have Google maps. Now you watch that little car drive around new roads are being built. So that little car has to go down those new roads. So it's uncharted territory. But if we never ask the question, we're that, we're that Google Maps car. And we have to go to those areas we've never been to before to know what's the next phase. So that's what, for me, 
that's what questioning is. It's showing me a new route to go that I didn't know was there. So that then I learn more about myself and you can add more to you, to who you are. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm sure that the, uh, the listeners have gotten so much out of your wisdom, your experience and your time. And, uh, and I really appreciate it. And this has been another episode of create a new tomorrow, activating your vision for a better world. And Dominic Arnold, one of the world's greatest track athletes of all time. So thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll talk again. Thank you, Art, for having me on your show, big guy. Absolutely. All right, take care, man. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, go to the website createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.